1: Hey, guys, welcome to the show. Today, we have two guests on uh, Nick and Hannah Natale. And they own a wedding venue in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they had um, basically in, I can't remember what year, but we'll talk about it. A couple years ago, in 2022, actually, last year, they announced that their wedding Venue was open. They had an open house. And then they got a message, a private DM from someone asking if their venue was inclusive of LGBTQIA weddings. And they said no. And then all hell broke loose. So we're going to talk to them about that today and talk about what happened and the fallout of that. And also how Christians, how as we as Christians in this world should be um, when these things happen. So let's welcome Nick and Hannah and Natali. But first, a word from our sponsor. Welcome. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you for coming on. You guys have a crazy story. So first, before we get into what happened to you guys, tell tell us what, um, how you came to... to decide to start a wedding venue what that process was like what you guys were doing before that as individuals and then how that came together
2: sure sure yeah um we i had been a wedding photographer for the last 10 years so that's kind of how i got started in the wedding industry and kind of fell in love with all things wedding Um, And then Nick was a chef in industry here in Grand Rapids. He got his culinary master's in Italy. So when we met back in 2016 um, and then got married in 2017, this was just kind of a natural way that we could combine our passions and kind of do what we both loved. Um, So that was my normal day job. But um,
0: yeah, I I actually left the food industry in 2014 um, to help my family with, a completely opposite business is manufacturing. And like Hannah said, once we kind of met, fell in love, got married, it was kind of like one of those dream, maybe we could do this one day because you were a wedding photographer. I was a chef. Um, I'm kind of a big hopeless romantic. So like I love that stuff too. Um, and yeah, we found the building in 2018 and, and everything. And it was of-
1: a It was a church building, right? It was an old church.
0: That's right. Yeah. It's a 120 year old church.
1: And how, and so once you found the building, how did you go about acquiring the building?
2: Yeah. Well, once we came upon it, um, we were like, we kind of knew where the building was and we we're like, we got to at least go see it. Cause it was, it just had the character um, that something new really just doesn't offer. And it's in the heart of downtown Grand Rapids. So it was a great location And so um, we went to see it and it was, I mean, it was pretty much abandoned. There were animal tracks all throughout. There was six inches of water in the basement. We couldn't even go down there to see what that looked like. Um, But I had actually photographed a wedding in the same building three years before we ended up buying it. So that was kind of a fun full circle moment when we actually did um, purchase the building. But. Yeah, so I think we just like, it was in such horrible condition, but we just felt like this was it. Like we knew it had the potential to be everything we wanted it to be. Um, So yeah, we just decided to go for it. And, And we didn't, it was zoned residential. We didn't even know if we could actually be a wedding venue. But working through the city, that takes a long time. It's a long process to go through that. And we didn't want to lose the building, even though it was kind of abandoned and all that stuff but there was a lot of interest in the building we learned even more so after the fact after we bought it so we pulled the trigger and we're just like gonna pray and hope that the lord was gonna see this through because we felt like this was totally what he was calling us to do as like our next thing so
1: and then how long did it take to to renovate it
0: well it was um a long process primarily because we spent an entire year, like all of 2018 was basically the planning. Like Hannah said, we had to get zoning approvals. We had to get the architectural drawings. We had to get all the quotes from general contractors. And that really took up a whole calendar year. Um, And then we started to plan for, you know, getting some financing and then COVID happened. So once COVID happened, all the banks said, well, we're not going to lend money to this hospitality industry that can't have more than 10 people gathering mm-hmm. indoors. So we really spent nineteen, twenty, and most of 21 getting no's from the bank until finally in the fall of 2021, as things kind of lightened up from the COVID scenario, um, we got funding through an SBA loan. And really, that was like in October of 21. And it took from October 21 until June of 22 to renovate. And a couple months after that too, but we held our first wedding in June of twenty two.
2: But even once we got once we got the approval, so much time had passed since we originally got everything quoted that we had to have everything requoted. Which then, right, inflation was crazy at that. I mean, still is, but so everything got even more crazy. We basically had to repeat the whole process again after getting the approval. So it was a really long long journey but on the other side of things it's hard because weddings they book right when they're booking they're really not happening from a year from now so we couldn't really wait until the building was complete and then start booking because right then there would be a whole another year where we'd be sitting without holding weddings so we were booking weddings all throughout that time and hoping and praying that we were going to finish on time and on schedule for these weddings that were already scheduled, people buying plane tickets, you know, getting everything set for their, the biggest day of their life really.
1: So, and you said June of 22 was the first wedding. Yes. And then how many weddings were held there before what we're about to talk about? What, how many weddings were held there before the incident happened? Three, three Three weddings. Okay. Yeah. And so, so you so Hannah I think you posted on social media um you made a post on social media about a public open house and someone replied to that post and so tell talk about what that reply was and what happened after that
2: Yeah well really it was a direct message from a photographer a local photographer here and she had reached out it wasn't even really about the open house yet she had just private messaged and asked and said, "We don't see a lot of LGBTQ represented on your Instagram, so I'm wondering if you do those type of weddings." And so we just honored, answered honestly, and we we're like, "Nick and I were believers in Jesus, and we believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, and so that is how we're choosing to run the business." And so she screenshotted that, you know, one sentence, two sentence conversation, and posted it to her Instagram stories, and that was. Um, yeah, that was the evening of June 30. And then by the next morning, it had spread like wildfire. Like it was everywhere. The hate comments, that's when everything really started. And then, yes, we were holding an open house. Um, that was July 11th, I believe, or 10, somewhere in there. Yeah. And so from the, from June 30 to July 11, that is when they were planning, they planned a protest to be at our open house, open house, the public open house, which on my post that I said, I said, all are welcome to come to the open house. But then that was a big controversial statement um, because they were saying, obviously, not all are really welcome here. But it was really just for the open house, so that's kind of the initiation. That 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 one conversation with that photographer is really what started it all. And then she shared it, and then it, like I said, just spread like crazy. So
1: and so and there, so there was in fact a protest. Um, it was a large protest at your at your venue, right?
0: It was about twenty to thirty people, maybe at at most.
2: I don't even think thirty. I think twenty. So I mean, I don't really call that a large protest. It's, yeah, I mean
0: what we thought was was going to happen, it was much less than...
2: From all the hype that was on social media of what they were planning and all the stuff, because we were seeing all that transpire, we were expecting a couple hundred people out there. So I think, you know, and that's what social media is. I mean, a lot of people can be behind their computers and their phones and they're jazzed up and want to be all a part, you know, a part of it. And... Uh-huh. it's heated and but yeah, so then, yeah, protest
1: we'll be right back after this short break were you at so you were that were you there in the, at the venue during the protests
0: a couple a couple people came in respectfully, um, I had a conversation with a couple um but nothing. No one came inside and was disruptive or disrespectful. Anybody that did come inside, they walked through the building. Like I said, a a couple kind of came to me and and asked to have a conversation. We engaged in that. But nothing disruptful at all from from the protesters inside.
1: Did Did you go outside and engage with the protesters at all?
0: No. Anytime... Any time I was close to the door, there was a few times. Um, there was just a lot of I hate to say it like stupid banter, you know making fun of me or't I, I just didn't care to go out there and have my day ruined and um,
2: Cause this was after us working four years, yeah. pouring our heart and soul into this business. And we had been dreaming of this open house. All of our you know, friends and family were there trying to celebrate with us. And then just to have like the two weeks before that of hate beyond what you could even imagine um, towards us, our children, our families and the business. So, you know, trying to still somewhat enjoy what we had worked so hard for, even in the midst of what it turned out to be. And
1: so, what happened after the protests? I mean, were you still able to host weddings? To host weddings, or what? What happened with the, the venue?
0: Yes. So, I mean, business remained as usual. We were still operating. We still had events events booked. Um, you know, th- through that community and the protests, they started a petition that went to our city, um, stating that we were violating a human rights ordinance that was discriminatory. Um, so that kind of started, um, a small legal process. It's basically a citation. Um, but we were able to remain in operations. Um, we had two, two cancellations because of it. That was probably the most frustrating part. And and again, Hannah handles most of that, but it, it was, a lot of people were, they felt like they were being lied to because they said if they would have known that was our belief system, they wouldn't have booked with us. And, um,
2: But the hard part is we had, so we had 32 weddings booked from when we opened really that first six months of being open. And so those were all happening, but at, as soon as the protests happened and the hate spread, no one wanted to be associated with us whatsoever. Even people that maybe either agreed with us or, didn't care either way. Like nobody wanted to be associated with us. Um, Employees were quitting other vendors that we work with. um, Like the linen company, they wouldn't, they don't wouldn't want to deliver to us anymore. We couldn't, all the marketing companies wouldn't allow, they took down our profile accounts and we couldn't market with them. Staffing Um,
0: agency refused to do business with us. A bakery refused to do business with us. So it was, it was just the,
2: And then ultimately the biggest problem is couples were no longer wanting to book the venue because of all of this negative cloud that was over the business. Again, even if they did agree and support us, right, your wedding is supposed to be the best day of your life and you want to post the photos and all that stuff, but all the hate that was happening on social media, those people that were not only hating Nick and I for our beliefs, but also anybody that would comment on, Comment in support or like a post or anything like that. Those people that or were hating were were it. also going to attack all these other people. Any other like photo- like photographers don't want to shoot here anymore. Florists won't do business here anymore. So it's like we were experiencing the hate from all areas. Um, and then, like I said, most tragically is just the brides and grooms because if we can't book weddings. Right. We can't afford to keep keep open and keep um, this building going that we just spent four years and a lot, a lot of money renovating to make it what it is today. And so what we were we were projecting to book probably 40 weddings during that time. And we didn't book a single wedding in a six month span. So but then. It's also a double-edged sword because people on Instagram right, were trying to post on Instagram to make it look like everything is fine and that, that had all passed because any bride or groom that is coming that might even consider if they knew anything was happening like this, it, they would run, right? I wouldn't want to be associated with that negativity um, on the best day of my life. So I think that was the biggest situation. So the financial damage that this has caused, like I do feel like the hate has um, moved on. If you, if you wanna say it that way, um, court is still kind of looming, that's not finalized yet, but it's, it's the financial damage that that has caused um, to be able to really move forward and survive and be able to stay open and keep running.
1: And so wait, what you mentioned the court. So what the city, you said the city has cited you for discrimination. What, what does that mean? And what, what is the case? Is there, are they bringing some sort of case against you? Uh,
0: Essentially it is just a citation against a human rights ordinance, which the statute or the, I'm saying the right words. um, There's a section that because we are a public business that is providing a public service, that we can't discriminate against specific groups, right? Um, and I think being that it's a first offense, it's it's just a fine if we were found guilty. Um, we have not been, the the process or the legal process has not been completed. Um, our legal team has gone once and, um, I, I can't remember the correct terms, but basically got like a, a deferral or an annul, I don't know an adjournment is that right sorry i'm not legally intelligent but um basically that has given us like a a time frame to kind of revamp this and everything that our legal team is saying is that it it seems like whether it's first amendment or this new respect for marriage act there's there's jargon in there that kind of says well it's respect for all marriages so it's not like we can just add one group and say that we have to respect that marriage. Now we still have to respect religious marriage or any other marriage. Um, so yeah, there's been no formal completion of the legal action taken against us. It's just kind of sitting there and has been for over six months now.
1: And so what's happening now with the space? Are you, is, are you using it for anything
2: we're trying. We're slow. Like I said, I think we've turned the corner that um, things have moved on. We still get comments here and there on things that we've posted um, or that we post, again, just trying to make it look like everything's good and weddings are happening. We did, um, you know, we're heading into wedding season. So we, we had about, we had a little over 20 weddings and I think five total canceled um, once everything came out. So um, we still have those 17 weddings that are booked that are, that are still willing to continue and move forward. So those are starting to actually happen now. So that's good. We're being able to show more on Instagram um, and we just started picking up with some more bookings. So I do think things are passing um, and heading in the right direction for us. It's just a matter of if we can financially survive the damage that was caused during that six months where we were projected to book at least 40 weddings during that time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had Jack Phillips on my show, as you, you might know, but and Jack Phillips is the owner of masterpiece cake shop. I think that's the name of it. And I mean, he's been through the court system for years and years and years. It went to the U S Supreme court. They ruled in favor of him, but then there was an, uh, it's just like endless with him. And it, it just reminds me because um i don't know if you've read douglas murray's madness of crowds but he douglas murray talks about douglas murray is he identifies as gay he's british but he um is conservative and he uh, he wrote a book called the madness of crowds and how basically the gay movement the lgbtq blah 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 movement was all about kind of equality and, but it's, it's actually not about that because it's not, because, you know, gay, gay men and women got uh, what they wanted. They got marriage legalized, quote unquote, legalized in 2015 Mm -hmm. and marriage became legal between same sex couples. And, um, but that, but see, it's never, ever, ever enough because, Mm -hmm. because they don't want just equality. They want to, absolutely destroy anyone who disagrees with them so it's it's almost like this it's like this vengeance um mentality uh and and douglas murray calls it kind of storming the barricades kind of mentality but it's like this vengeance um it's like you know not only do i want you to you know we live in a pluralistic society we should all just kind of you know we all have different worldviews. We all have different belief systems. We should all respect those. You know, I mean I I don't get upset about the 50 gay bars that are in my neighborhood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't like
1: go storm them and like try to cancel them. Um I live in what I live in West Hollywood, California. Um but we live in this pluralistic society and we should be able to just say yes you can you do what you do I do what I do you know, we have different worldviews, we have different beliefs, um, and let's just get along. But that's not the way it's working out. That's not what's happening now. As I said, it's not only do we have to get along, not only do we have to tolerate each other, but if you don't uh, affirm me in my beliefs, affirm gay, quote unquote, gay marriage, then I'm going to destroy you and destroy your Company, destroy your wedding venue, destroy your cake shop. I'm going to take you down. Like, that is, that's the attitude. And that's, that's not only the attitude, the but it's also the action. And it, it's, it's so, um, well, it's so demonic, really. It's, this is like so demonic that I, it's just like unbelievable to me that I mean, what Jack Phillips and others have been through and you guys is just so demonic. And, all of this stuff is being fueled by by Satan himself, and and so I just it just like kills me when I see this kind of stuff happen. And so what I mean, wh- let me just ask you this: What how did you guys? Because I mean, a lot of people would have just kind of easily caved to Christians. A lot of Christians would have just caved to this and been like, "Oh, you know, we serve everyone, and it's no big deal." And mm-hmm. they just to kind of you know, unlike Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were willing to go to a fiery furnace rather than compromise God's word. So how did you guys decide to not compromise and, and you know, basically deal with uh, Nebuchadnezzar?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it was a hard decision and something that, you know, we knew four years ago that we we're going to do this meaning open a wedding venue, but we hadn't made a decision on this until only probably about six months before we actually opened and had our first wedding. And really, um, so we went back and forth. We were praying about it. And now looking back, like, I can't believe we were even considering going back and forth. Like we wouldn't, now we look back and we're like, we wouldn't change a thing. We would have decided way quicker and just, you know, set it and, And made that our truth and really how we actually ended up deciding was i actually did book a lgbtq wedding they inquired i didn't really know at first that they were an lgbtq wedding um and they didn't even want to come tour they're like we love your venue we want to um book the venue without even coming to see it and so i was like okay great and we still had made our decision at that time so I moved forward, and they put their deposit down. And as soon as that all transpired, I just had this feeling in my in my gut that like I just I was feeling convicted about it because I knew in my heart like that that's not God's truth and that's not what we stand for. And so, but I didn't feel like I could go to them and be like, "Sorry, we decided like we're not going to do those type of weddings. We need to return your deposit." So we moved forward. They ended up coming to tour. They were really great. People, and I was like, maybe this is God saying we should, you know, we should be welcoming to all and do those type of weddings and we'll just be God's light when they're in our space. Um, but then a couple, a couple weeks later, maybe a month later, they reached out and because of personal reasons, they had to cancel their wedding. And I just felt, felt like that was completely God taking that situation away. He knew in my heart that I felt convicted and, and, Unsure about it, and I knew that that really wasn 't what we believed and what, how we wanted to run the business and For him, out of all the weddings that could have called and canceled, that was the one that called and canceled and from that moment we were like that's it that 's our answer hands down we 're not going to run our business that way and so and that was really supposed to be our third ever wedding that wedding that was was already booked um, <clears throat> so that 's when we officially made the decision and then I think <clears throat>
0: I think even more so, it's like looking backwards after we made the decision. Like, obviously, praying about it, talking about it, it's like, how do you separate the personal values and belief system from business? Should you, so many people do, right? And and part of it for me is that so much of our business is that religious ceremony, that wedding. Mm-hmm. And so... yes. It's, it's always going to be a representation of us because people know that we own this business. And so that was one part of it. And I think the other part is like you were saying that, that book, um, the madness of the crowd storming the barricades. It's like looking back now, we just probably set forth one of the best examples we can give our family about standing for God's word Mm -hmm. honestly i was i was probably slightly naive that this would happen in our city it really was it wasn't probably more than a decade ago that grand rapids was the bible belt of michigan yeah
1: i thought grand rapids was like a super conservative city
0: it was was and so honestly i mean i i know what goes on around these big cities and you see the stuff on social media of the protests and all, all these things and I honestly didn't think that it would receive the amount of backlash that it did. Obviously it's an extremely controversial topic in our society now, you know, I'd say it's one of the big three or five topics um, that people can really get overwhelmed with. And so, yeah, there was some, there was some naivety there on my behalf, but now that we've gone through it and, honestly it's like liberating almost mm-hmm. once you go through it and you're like there's gas on a fire and this huge eruption and then it's it's kind of gone obviously there's an aftermath and that's what we're dealing with for our business but i i wouldn't think twice about doing it a different way
2: yeah and i think that's what we kept saying too like how can we at home with our children say one thing and- and then right there, this is a family business. They come and hang out here all the time. And my old, our oldest daughter is, she knows what a bride and groom is and she knows what a wedding is and how can she see, you know, two women kissing here. And then we say at home that we don't believe in that. And so, yeah, like Nick said, just a way to, I mean, yes, it's a business, but this is a representation of who we are and ultimately of who Christ is. And, you know, there's 30 other venues in town that all allow it. We're not saying that you can't go and love who you want to love and marry who you want to marry. That's really between you and God. But this is our business that we have worked years for to accomplish and and it's an extension of who we are and we feel we have the right to run it the way that we want to run it. And so yeah, I just that's like it, it is truly liberating. I'm sure just like you know, cause, and there's a lot of people who are, probably agree with us, but they're too scared of the mob. They're too scared of the crowds that are going to come and hate. But really, we are called to live God's truth. And by loving your neighbor and all the other things that people say we should be doing as Christians, loving somebody is by sharing God's truth, not just accepting you know, your way of life and how things make you feel. You know the truth hurts sometimes, and but that doesn't mean we should run from the truth. And God calls us to live our lives um, in in accordance to His word and His truth. So, we didn't. What better way to do that than than run our business with those same values? Yeah, and I mean,
1: I think you know, just what your story is kind of an inspiration for other Christians to stand firm. On the, on the on the word of God and the truth and stand firm in their convictions and not... Because there's these tiny little compromises we can make as Christians. And you can kind of look the other way and, like, you know, the HR department at your company is asking you to do something that's completely anti-biblical. Um, and you just sort of look the other way and just do it. You know, just like, okay, I'll just get through this. But I think, you know, obviously if more... <laughs> if more Christians stood up and, you know, uh, stand, you know, stand up and be counted kind of thing. Like if more Christians stood up and and said, no, actually like, this is what, this is what frustrates me. I mean, obviously I lived in that world. I was, I lived as a gay man for 20 years in, in LA and, and I know what that's like. And I, um, uh, but I just, I, I think it's it's incumbent upon Christians to to be bold in their faith and say no actually we're set apart we're set apart from the world we're set apart and we are we actually have you know shockingly we actually do believe in this thing called the Bible we actually believe it's the word of God and we believe that it's authoritative and inerrant and um and so we cannot. I mean, it's like Luther said when he was before the the um, Diet of Worms. Vorm, Vorm, you know, he's he's. It's like it's. We can't go against our conscience. Like it. It just. It's. And if we do, it's painful. It's very painful to do that, as you were saying. You know, to yeah. go against conscience. Yeah. And so, um, he said it is neither neither safe nor. I forgot what it, what is he, here when he gives the "Here I Stand" speech. It is neither safe nor, um, I can't think of the other word he used, but, um, but for, for him to recant, he refused to recant. And um, I just, yeah, I think that, you know, if just as Christians, we need to, to be open about our faith, to be open about what we believe. And the more we do that, the less the world can kind of just take over. And, um, and kind of destroy everything. So I, I just yeah, um, I, yeah, I feel for you guys. How can people help you guys?
0: Yeah, so we, we've been fortunate. Our community around us has been very supportive. Um, there is a, a fundraiser that someone started for us. Um, you can go to standingvalues.com, um, and it gives our story. Um, and then there's a link there to a give, send, go account. So you can go in, you can, there's a prayer request section where if you can't, if you're not able to help financially, you can go in and just send prayers to us. Um, but there's also a financial donation section to that. Um, GoFundMe doesn't allow these types of fundraisers. So, um, that's why we're using the give, send, go. and yeah, it's it's really, like Hannah said, it's it's survival mode. We are booking. We do feel like corners are turned, but um, it's kind of like we need to get through this year, um, and we're taking it month by month. Um, so, you know, the donations are primarily going to help us with paying our loan, Um on top of
1: Yeah. It. Plus, you have three kids one uh, he- one age six, four, and two. Right? You have three kids, very young children. Yeah. So that's that's also you know <laughs> that's a heavy burden, right? Yeah, it's,
2: it's busy, and and you know we we're trying to survive. Nick works a full time job. Plus, he's the full time chef here. We don't pay ourselves anything, just so that we can our few employees to help us you know get the business run and get it get it going and try to get it up off the ground again and we put I mean this building was abandoned we put an insane amount of money into this building and so our monthly mortgage is pretty crazy <laughs> so um, so yeah all the funds are going directly to to pay our monthly mortgage and you know we do want this to be our story to be you know, give people the courage to be able to stand up. The same force and fire that the LGBTQ community has to stand up for what they believe in. I don't know why Christians don't have that same, or we should have that same fire and that same fight in us. Again, we can do it maybe in a different manner that they're doing it, but, you know, and the Lord provides. We Sometimes we're looking forward, we're like, we have no idea how we're going to be able to, survive this month to month but
0: Something some way happens. yeah
2: some some way somehow we we got a deferment we feel like for our loan for 3 months that was totally a god thing and the first one is going to be starting <clears throat> excuse me starting up again in april and we're you know, we booked a couple of weddings this month that's all going to go to help pay that first one back after being you know not having to pay it for 3 months so day by day we're just thinking day by day and we know, like God has given us a peace that really only God can provide. That somehow, mm-hmm. <clears throat> some way—I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. Somehow, some way, God is going to provide, and we're going to um, see this through. And this is really to share His story, not ours. So,
1: well, thank you for sharing your story here, and thank you for holding the line very important in our culture now for christians to do that thank you so much for joining us we're going to put the link below to the uh the what's not the gofundme what's it called the um
0: standing values oh give send go
1: give send go we'll, we'll put the link below to that the uh, and um thank you guys for joining me i appreciate for it having us, yeah this
2: is great all great right talk.
1: thank you guys thank you guys for watching and we will see you next time Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of The Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.